Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I am your host, Dr. Tana M. Session. And as promised, I am bringing the voices of other experts. You won't just hear the sound of my voice in this episode. I'm pleased to introduce you to Lindsay Gordon. She's going to tell you more about who she is. She's a fellow Forbes Next 1000 honoree. Uh, So let's start with that acknowledgement. And then we're going to have her peel back the layers in terms of the work that she does, some of the challenges that she's seen in the work that she does. Um, What are some of the wins, right? So we're going to learn more about that as well. Um, So I'm pleased to introduce you to Lindsay Gordon, and she is the career coach for analytically minded people. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Take it away, Lindsay. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to get to chat and congrats to you as well. Thank you. And yes, I call myself a career coach for analytically minded people because I have an engineering degree, which is quite unusual in this space. Yes, it so is. I, I like to say that I am bringing my engineering brain to this question of how do we know what work is going to be a good fit for us? And how do we make decisions that are that we know we are going to be happy with? And we do that in a very practical and structured way. That's awesome. Yes, I've done work with engineers before, and I can tell you that this is unique for someone with an engineering degree or engineering in their background uh, to want to, A, have FaceTime with people and help them discover who they really are on the inside, right? So that is unique. So tell us a bit about how you got here. Yeah, it has not been at all a straight line which I love sharing because Mm -hmm. I think that that's important when we tell our stories of how, you know, squiggly the line is. I started off in engineering and worked in um, recycled water engineering in Australia for a little bit. Then I fell into technical support at Google. And I found that I was actually one of the humans that loves customer service. (laughs) So for me, it was this balance of, engineering and problem solving, but then also getting to talk to humans and reassure them in in a stressful moment. And then while I was at Google, I did a little bit of onboarding and training for our team. And as people were joining the team, everybody was stressed about their career. And they wanted to know, like, how do I not get stuck here? And how do I talk to my manager? And I'm so stressed about this and that. So I started talking to people a lot about their career several people mentioned to me that I would be a good coach. I didn't even know what that was at the time. (laughs) So I was like, I will go test that out. I took one class, ended up loving it, then did a year and a half long certificate. And while my thoughts were, I wanted to move to a more career development focused role at Google, which I did. But also people started popping up and saying, are you taking clients yet? I have people to refer to you. And I said, whoa, 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 I'm not running my own business. This is not the plan. But, you know, Mm. of course, (laughs) a different plan pops up. So I ran it kind of my, my accidental side business, I like to call it, for about a year. And then after that year, I thought, you know what? I think I'm doing something really unique and impactful. And I just loved the work that I was getting to do with clients. So I decided to go full-time with it. And that was about six years ago. It'll be six years in July this year. 
Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. I know that's Thank no you. small, yes, that's no small feat as a fellow small business owner. Yeah. And so Google, right? That's yeah. to many people, a dream company, a dream job. And yeah. you actually took the leap and left there and started your own business. Yeah. So what, what was the catalyst? It's so interesting because one of the things I talk to my clients a lot about is fit. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Google, I am grateful to Google for a lot of things and it never felt like quite the right fit to me. And as I shared with people in my sphere, you know, I I just don't see how I fit in at Google. You know, I've got this engineering side, but then this people side, and I have all these different interests. And when you tell people that you are unhappy at Google, (laughs) they just look at you and say, oh, but it's the number one place in the world to work. Right. And so there was no space for me to have it not be the right fit for me. And I just got all these messages that, you know, must be a personal problem if you're not happy at Google. And so that's why I do my best to support other people and to say, we are going to figure out what works for you. And I don't care if it is a Google or a Facebook or an Apple. I don't care if it looks shiny to other people. What really matters is you figuring out the fit that works for you. So it was a very interesting experience leaving Google and doing my own thing when a lot of people were saying, why would you ever leave? You know, <laughs> right. This is the best place to work. Yeah. And I've, I do a segment on LinkedIn Live called HR in the News. And I've shared so many stories about Google. So behind the curtain, as you said, it's not all sparkly and shiny. Um, And many people have realized it's not a good fit for them. And I think a lot of people, and I want you to talk to the the, um, listeners about what you've experienced as a coach. A lot of people over the last two years, when you think back to 2020 with the pandemic kicking off and many of us, you know, being hunkered down at home, had a lot of time to think about what was important to them, had a lot of time to think about what served them in regards to the work they were doing. And they also had time to think about, do I even really like this company or the people I work with? Yeah. And so that resulted in this great resignation phase that they're calling. Um, So what have you seen in terms of your clients pivot? Have you seen an uptick in regards to them making these decisions um, over the last two years versus, you know, pre-COVID or BC, before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I like to call them the before times. The yeah. before times. <laughs> yeah. I think when it, when all of this started, it's exactly as you said, people had this question of, is this really what I want to be up to? Mm-hmm. And I think it really stems from the desire to make a contribution in whatever way that works for you. And it's interesting because the people that I work with, Sometimes that contribution is through their work, but not always. And so people really got to assess, you know, is work the place that is going to bring me all of my purpose and passion and meaning and fulfillment? If yes, great. Let's make sure that's aligned. But also people got to kind of relieve some of the pressure and say, you know what? Work is not going to be everything to me. It will be one piece of a fulfilling life. But actually, I don't need to, you know, have all these expectations for my job. And, mm-hmm. and one of the kind of boldest viewpoints that I have that gets people really whipped up is that it's okay to have a boring job if it works for you. 
And some people feel so much relief at that. And so I think, you know, with all of the pandemic um, and, and this feeling of contribution, some people have been really relieved by, you know what, actually stability is really important to me. Enough things are good about this job. It just doesn't fulfill my life, but that's not what I need out of work. Right. And to your point, there's a lot of people, you know, when you think about the different types of personalities in the workplace, there are going to be some people who are high achievers. They want to get promoted. They want to take on the big projects. They want to have face time with the leaders. And then there are going to be others that are like, I'm just here to do my job and go home. Yeah. Yeah. And if (laughs) we can normalize both, you know, I think neither one is better, but giving people the option to choose one or the other, I think is so important. Yeah. I think it speaks to where they are in their life, right? So different priorities in and outside of the workplace will be a determinant factor. And then, you know, again, some people maybe, you know, have more years behind them than ahead of them in the workplace, like I did. And, (laughs) and so they're making choices about what's really important to them, what's really going to serve them, um, what's going to make them feel fulfilled. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about the ages of the individuals that you're coaching. Is it across the different generations or are you seeing more people in the millennial or Gen Z group that are looking for coaching such as what you offer? Yeah, I, so in the last, in the first, maybe four years of my business, I saw everybody from mostly thirties because generally the work that I do is most helpful when you're 10 years out of school, you've got a couple jobs under your belt and we can figure out what has worked and not worked. Mm-hmm. And then it went all the way up to 68, which I loved. Wow. And this client who, you know, the world was telling him that it was time to retire and what actually worked for him was figuring out the next phase of his contribution. And he still had a lot to give and was excited to, to figure out what that was. In the last year or so, I have narrowed my focus to people who are, um, excuse me, senior leaders who have invested more than 10 years in one company and are asking themselves the question, is it time for me to move on? And I love working with this group. So they tend to be much more senior in their career. Um, and they're really at this point of, I have been at this company for, you know, maybe it's 23 years. A lot has gone well. I have been able to contribute, but now I'm wondering, do I need to leave in order to um, continue making the contribution that I want to, or is there a chance for me to reinvest even after these 23 years? Wow. And there was a point where I was in that same situation in the workplace and you know, I'm, I'm 53. I left corporate back in 2014, 20, early 2015. And, and I was at that point too, where I had to ask myself, like I've been in HR for all my career. So I've been in it for over 30 years and, you know, went and got my MBA and all these certifications. And I remember waking up one day and telling my husband, I was like, I don't think I'm going to retire as an HR executive. Like I thought I was, Hmm. he's like, you've done all this education, you've done all this work, you've climbed to the top, you're chief human resource officer, like what's next? And I had to sit there and think about like, what's next? Like I, I told him at the time I wasn't 50 yet. I said, I just don't want to wake up 50 years old, hating my life. And yeah. he said, then do something different. And I did. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah. I love that you had that support. Of, yeah. Get out there do something yeah. different and, you know, do love your life when you wake up at 50. Yeah. 
Yeah, he tells me all the time. He's like, I just want you to be happy. He's like, I just don't want you to be miserable. And I was like, I don't want to be miserable either. Yeah, (laughs) that makes two of us. That's right. (laughs) But you know, it was scary, right? So talk to me about some of the fear that your clients face when they're making these these pivots, when they're thinking about the next phase of who they are in in the workplace or in their career. Um, What are some of the fears that, you know, that they experience and, and how do you help them get past them? Yeah. Lots of fears. So I think the the first one that people really encounter is that they can't articulate what's wrong where they are. And if you don't know how to articulate what's not working, then you can't make a change that you're going to be confident about. Right. So people worry about, well, if I'm happy here at this job, that's been pretty good to me over the past decades. um, What's to say, do I think the grass is greener here? Uh, Or sorry, do I think the grass is greener elsewhere? Um, Am I making a really big mistake by leaving what I know? So I think there's this this Mm -hmm. issue with being able to not articulate what's wrong. And so then you don't know what you want. Um, I think also when you've invested for a long time in one company, there tends to be this feeling of, well, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Um, Maybe I'm just a a big fish in a small pond now. Mm -hmm. And you start to really question your confidence about, well, am I going to be useful in another company? And this is something that I see over and over and over again. Wow. And I think what we do to kind of work through some of these fears is to de-risk the process as much as possible. So oftentimes people come to me and they're like, oh, well, I'm really risk averse and I don't really want to make a big change. And, you know, I am highly compensated and stability is important to me. And I say, yes. All of these things are really important. Right. And I absolutely don't want you to make a change that is going to put those into jeopardy. So I want to de-risk this choice as much as possible. And we do that by getting somebody incredibly clear about what is working, what is not working. We rebuild their confidence as far as what is their unique value and contribution in this world? How are they talking about it? How are they communicating that with their leadership to see if they can make some adjustments? Or how are they communicating that in interviews? And then they get to make the choice that works for them based on everything that we've learned, their top values, their top strengths, the environments that they need in order to thrive. And they get to ultimately say, yes, I can reinvest here. And I'm excited about that. Or it is time for me to move on. And I know that this is the right choice because it lines up with all of these things that I know about myself. I love that. Yeah, a lot of it is about having a partner that can help them flesh that out, right? Yeah. Because even for myself, although yeah. my husband was a great motivator and, and supporter, I still needed people like a coach um, to help me figure out, you know, what am I going to be? Who am I going to show up as as an entrepreneur? Yep. And and have that have that mind shift from employee to self-employed. Right. That was another transition, right? And understanding yes. like I'm I'm you know constantly evolving even to this day 
Um, and I'm sure you probably are too. You're learning more about yourself in terms of who you are as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a coach and the services Absolutely. that you offer. So yeah, so you don't yeah. have to become stagnant, which is yep. great. Yep. So any parting words you want to leave with the listeners as it relates to any thoughts they may be having about making any pivots in their career, anything that may be holding them back, um, you know, fear, uh, self-doubt, some of what you mentioned already, um, anything that you can give them in terms of a nice little golden nugget to encourage them to at least consider uh, alternative options for themselves? Yeah, I'm going to give two. So the first that I would love for people to know is that there is almost nothing unique about the pressures that you feel. So we live in a society that has a lot of ideas about who you should be and what you should want for your career and what work should mean to you. And I get to hear that people have the same pressures over and over and over and over and over again. So if you can add a lot of kindness to whatever pressures you feel about needing to have it figured out or feeling like everybody else knows what they're up to, or, you know, feeling like your job has to save the world these are just pressures that really swirl around us. So see if you can identify some of the external pressures that you feel so that we can move those a little bit to the side and actually look at what you want. And then the second thing I would love to tell people is that there is a perfectly logical reason about why you are feeling the way that you do. And it's, it's not a personal failure that you should have been doing something else, that you should want something else out of your job. It is purely a misalignment with what is right for you. Mm. So if you can add some kindness about, you know, well, this job is perfect on paper, so I really should want it. Nope. It is not a personal failure. We don't do shoulds. I want you to think about what is out of alignment with what I need and how might I bring those into alignment? I love both of those. And I, I wrote a note down as you were talking, because I remember around probably March, April of 2020, as we were all in lockdown and we realized it was going to be more than two weeks. Yeah. And I remember there were so many um, post on social media or Instagram, Facebook, and, and telling people like, if you're not making the best of this time and not coming out of this with something new and improved, whether it's a new job, a new company, um, a new side hustle, then basically you wasted this time. Yes. And I was like, that is horrible. Like yeah. people are dealing with so much right now. All of us didn't know what was happening around the world. It was the first time we were all going through this together, but yeah. to put that pressure on people to say, you need to come out of this a new person. No, sometimes right. you just needed a pause. This era, the whole world, I think, needed that pause back then. Yes. And yes, there were those that jumped at the opportunities and took advantage of them. And they were able to come out of this, even though we're still in a pandemic, but they were able to come out of this two years later with, you know, new jobs, new promotions, or even new companies. That's fantastic. But I don't think that was for everyone. Right. So I like the fact that you said the pressure. I like that you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much out there. So that's always the first step I do with clients is like, let's identify and articulate that pressure because it's just everywhere. It's everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. 
that's a perfect way to end this. And I want you to please, Lindsay, share with everyone how they can get in touch with you because I'm sure that there are people listening thinking, I need to connect with her. <laughs> yes, I would love to connect with anybody. As you can tell, I absolutely love talking about this and helping people feel less pressure about their career. <laughs> so the two best places to find me are at my website, alifeofoptions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. I share a lot of stories and ideas for how to do what's right for you in your career. So again, Lindsay Gordon, and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Thank you, Lindsay, again, so much for taking time out to be on the Stop Being a Best Kept Secret podcast. It's been an honor to have you. So glad that we're connected. So glad that we are uh, fellow Forbes Next 1000 honorees as well. So again, congratulations to you on that honor as well-deserved. And um, everyone, make sure you come back and catch the next episode. Set your alarms, your alerts, whatever you need to do to keep up with the podcast, Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I'm your host, Dr. Tana M. Session, and thank you for listening.